0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tim White. It's a joy today and a delight to have Tim White and his wife Crystal with us. Tim is a proud son-in-law of Pastor Tony and Sister Gail, and they are both serving the Lord in full-time ministry at Park Valley Church in Northern Virginia, where Tim is the executive pastor. Will you please welcome him to the pulpit today? Hey guys, how are you? How many guys are excited to be in church this morning? All right, let's go. It's okay to be excited, right? I will say this, just as a quick preface, um, I am. I, I said I'm an executive pastor of a church. That means I'm not normally in a pulpit preaching every weekend, right? So I would ask for just a little bit of grace extended my way. Um, you know, you've got. I was. I was thinking about it today. A great comparison are you guys familiar with the Andy Griffith show? I grew up watching, you know, some episodes of Andy Griffith and everything. And, uh, you know, if Mr. Cahoot, I call him Mr. Cahoot. I've always called you Mr. and Mrs. Kahoot. I don't know. It's always weird to call somebody like your in-laws, like, mom, hey, mom. Like, I don't know how that goes over. I know some people are fine with that. But it's always been weird for me. I don't know why. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if if uh, Mr. Kahoot is, is Andy Griffith, I'm Gomer Pyle. So that's, you got to deal with Gomer Pyle for just a little bit. So I would just ask you extend some grace uh, my way, um, and we'll be, uh, we'll be done here soon. You'll have uh, the captain back in the, uh, the pulpit here this next week. So uh, my message this morning is very simple. It's just, it's very easy for life to get in the way, uh, especially right now. Um, There's a lot of things that have been introduced to our society that has has kind of changed things a lot, has gotten people very distracted. And so what I really just kind of entitled this message is very simple. It's just great is your faithfulness. And I just did a little spin off that old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Do you guys know that that hymn? All right, one person in the back and nobody else does. So thank you, thank you. Um, But great is your faithfulness, right? Obviously, great is thy faithfulness, great is his faithfulness. We serve a faithful God right? He is the same yesterday, today, forever, right? And for all eternity. And what I've always been blown away with, first off, is that the God of the universe wants a relationship with me. Isn't that crazy? Like, the God of the universe is, like, wants a relationship with Tim White, like, stinky, sinful, nasty Tim White, right? Right? And it's, I'm blown away at the fact that he loves me so much that the hairs on my head are numbered. Like, I love my kids. I love my kids a lot. I've never gone, I'm going to need about three hours of your time because I'm going to count every follicle on that head. I'm going to count them all because I love you. You know? I've never done that. But it's, it's amazing how that, that, that the, that the God of the universe who spun all of this into motion— loves me so much that he would send his only son to die on a cross and shed his blood as an atonement for my sins. Like, how amazing is that? How crazy is that? How undeserving are we with that? And I just kind of thought that we're we're going through a lot of trials in our life as a society and everything right now, and I just wanted to encourage you with the fact that great is your faithfulness. Don't ever underestimate the power of you walking in obedience and staying faithful to an almighty God who gave it all for you, right? So I love that, you know, faith is kind of this, it's, it's, it's a necessity. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen, right? It says without faith, it's impossible. In Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it's impossible to please God, Right? So we don't even have any business being around God, having fellowship with God without faith, right? And it's obviously we're the Christian faith here, right? So it's, it's kind of like uh, an important piece. And so um, if you guys want to, if you do have your Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, and I just thought to myself, I, I had actually coincidentally had just finished reading uh, through the entire book of Daniel and just did a little study on that and was blown away by Daniel's faithfulness. I was blown away at as to how faithful he was, and and through that whole thing, it didn't matter any any government king, um, person in that society or whatever, none of them shook Daniel's faith, right? He continued to stay faithful, um, and through all the different times, and I had just been reading uh, this this batch of, of scripture, and I really kind of inserted myself in that modern day kind of scenario, and was really just kind of touched by it. So let's just uh, pick up in Daniel 2 really fast. We're going to just focus on verses 13 through 23. And really to give you some context for this whole, uh, you know, batch of scripture here, you know, you got King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, and he's having this vision, this dream. And so he goes out to all of the wise men of the land and says, hey, I want you to not only predict and tell me the dream without me telling you, right? But then I want you to tell me what it means. And so all of them are like, that's impossible. We're not going to be able to do something like that. And he says, great, fine. He gets angry and says, we're going to kill all of the wise men of the land. Okay? So that's kind of where things are picking up here. And so in verse 13, it says, And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which has gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. So then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, you know, who later become what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Absolutely. You guys are, you guys are on it. Um, that they would be desired mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret, that Daniel and his fellows would not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, "Blessed be the name of God for ever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changeth the times and the seasons, he removeth kings, he setteth up kings, he giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things, he knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now." what we desire of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. So let's, let's talk about this really fast. And so I was reading this, and I was really just kind of, I don't know, I was just taken back by it because I started to put myself in that kind of scenario. Just think about it right now. You're sitting in your house, and there's a knock at your door. And you open it up, and it's government agents that they've been sent to kill you. Like, how would you respond with that? Like what, like, what what would be your initial instinct with things? I know me, and I know it says in, in verse 14, it says that Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom. I don't think the terms counsel and wisdom would be anywhere close to describing me in that particular point in time, right? I would be freaking out. I would be so scared, okay? But one of the things that was that, that just really kind of touched me was that, you know, Daniel was such a faith-filled person, right? So anytime there's, there's uh, an abundance of faith, it's like fear can't even be present, right? He didn't operate out of fear. He operated out of faith. And he went to, um, he went to the king and asked for an extension, right? So not only did he, number one, I, I think the biggest piece to me was the fact that He knew who was in control of his life, and it wasn't King Nebuchadnezzar, right? It wasn't the army, right? It was God. And God was in control, and God had a plan, and God had a purpose for Daniel. And so Daniel could operate with boldness, with conviction. Um, He could operate out of faith simply because of the fact that, man, God was in control of his life. Nobody else was. The, the, uh, The second piece of it all is that he sought an answer from the Lord. Man, he took, he, he hit his knees, right? And I, I can't tell you how many times I've gone through scenarios in my life and I haven't just remembered to do one simple thing and it's just to hit my knees and to take it before an almighty God, right? No matter what it is, even if you think it's insignificant, even if you think it's something so small, right? There's power in prayer. And this was the biggest one to me. Because what did he do at the end? He gets the vision. He gets the dream. And I'm thinking about myself. If it's 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm about to be killed. I get the dream. I get the answer. What am I doing? Me personally, I'm up. I'm moving. I'm like blitzing down to that palace. I'm running. But what does he do? He praises. Man, he praises. He spends time praising and thanking God. I thought to myself, I was convicted by it because I thought to myself, man, how many times has God done something for me? How many times has God opened a door for me and I just go about my business and I don't spend time just thanking and giving him praise? Man, I was just touched by that, you know? I was touched by Daniel's faithfulness. And I just think, I think uh, I lost my notes here really quick. Um, and I was just kind of thinking about just in kind of modern day times here with things that we're going through today as a society. And we're living in some crazy times, right? And I think there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of fear that's perpetuated out there when it comes down to the virus. And there's a lot of unknowns of, you know, we see some people that have have not done so well with it. And then we've seen some people and they don't have any symptoms or whatever. And then they kind of don't know what to think right there's a lot of people that have been plucked out of church and their fellowship right and so there's a lot of people that are still plugging in online and different things like that and we've seen that um, for our church as well too but i believe more than ever we always say like at our church we believe like there's there's power in the big sea the big church right and that's the collective body of believers the christian faith right but there's power in the little sea and the little sea is just the local church There's power in a local church because of the fact that, you know, the the local church is the one that's in the community. The local church is the one that's dealing with people, you know, on the ground every day that are struggling, that are going through trials in their life. So there's power in what Buford Road Baptist Church has in all these surrounding communities right here. And what a time right now to be able to come together and to stay faithful during this time and to continue to persevere, and to continue to fight the good fight. I would just say, too, that don't ever believe for one minute that any little small step of faith is insignificant. Don't ever think for one minute that one little thing that you do, just a simple act of obedience, of continuing to be faithful, and continuing to plug into Buford Road, is insignificant. So I'm going to give you an example with that in a minute. But I think that God absolutely is beaming with pride when his children stay faithful and they stay obedient especially in these times of trials right now and if here's the crazy thing if society and everything is all over the place and can't get it together now's more the time than ever for the church to come together and to be unified as a body of believers together right it's kind of crazy how we continue to see, as people try to push God out of society, we continue to see more and more issues start to come into play and become right in the forefront of our life and our society. And so I just really, my, my biggest point is to just say persevere. Continue to stay faithful. And don't ever think that by you having some kind of small act of faith, some small act of obedience, that God can't use it. And I was just, I have a, I didn't know he was, my son was going to be in here um, For this, so I'm using you in an example. So hopefully you're you're fine with that. But um, so for those of you guys that don't know, uh my wife uh homeschools our kids. I have no part of it, unfortunately. I would love to help more, but I'm busy and running around like crazy. She is like the most amazing homeschool mom like ever. She has it like on point with stuff. And yes, she's amazing. Um and so we have a, a group, most homeschool, you know, groups have like a group that you plug into and everything. She runs a group with how many families are a part of that? 20 families. How many kids? 40 and change. 40 and change. So um, so we all went on a field trip. Have you guys ever been to Jamestown? The Jamestown settlement. I had never been to Jamestown before. Um, I've been to Colonial Williamsburg, but i would never been to Jamestown. And I was... I was blown away by I was I was sitting in the Indian part. You guys know the Indian reservation part? And I'm watching this gentleman here who has his shirt off and he's in animal skins. I mean, he's fully committed. I'm thinking to myself, like, what does the resume look like for this job right here? Like, this is crazy, right? And um, he did a great job. He was great with the kids and, and the whole thing. But as we were walking out, okay. Um, we were walking out, and as you're kind of walking on that that, uh, that sidewalk with the big building there, uh, it was just Crystal and I and our kids, and there were a handful of other kids around, and a lot of the other parents were kind of like, uh, you know, uh, talking and kind of lingering behind. And so as we're walking, um, one, of the, one of their friends starts saying some things that's kind of skating the line a little bit of, you know cursing or not basically without going into a whole basic he wasn't but he was trying to kind of skate the line and be funny and to try to get some kids to laugh and some kids were laughing etc well if you know this about me we are crystal and i are very particular about the things that come out of our mouth in our household okay it, we're crazy i know i know it's weird but at the same time for us it's like you know the bible says you know to that the power of life and death is in your tongue The the Bible says that the the tongue is like the rudder of a humongous ship. It says that, you know, let everything that's good and pleasing and acceptable, uplifting to be coming out of your tongue or out of your mouth, right? And so we're not perfect. Um, We make mistakes. We slip up and our kids slip up and we don't expect them to be perfect, right? But um, at the same time, we're always trying to guide. We're always trying to do the best that we can um, to guide our children that way and to be the example there. And so, I'm watching my son, we're walking, you know, and I'm watching him, and I'm watching those gears turn as this kid is saying this stuff, and, I'm, I, and basically what ended up happening was he just stayed focused, kept going, and decided not to take part in it, right, you know, he could have laughed, he could have tried to say, you know, say a little something and be a part of the, the group there and, and look cool and different things like that, but he just stayed focused, he kept moving forward and decided not to take part in any of it and then I had to shut it down because it just kept going. So, um, as me as a father, it, this is so simple, it was such a simple thing, but I saw the, I saw the gears turning just through his body language, Right? And obviously, maybe it had a little something to do that his parents were around, right? (laughs) But at the same time, he was faithful, and he, he stayed faithful to the teachings of our household there in that kind of whole situation. He could have tried to fall into some peer pressure there, and it's something very simple, something so small, right? But at the same time, as his earthly father here, I was beaming with pride because it tells me the roots are good. The, the character inside, things are churning. Things are building in there, and it's proper, right? And we want to continue to develop that. And I told him, I was like, man, I am so stinking proud of you that you decided to just not jump into all of that and take part in all of that. It tells me so much about you and who you are and the man that you're becoming. And I just, what a small example of an earthly father and being super prideful about his son and the decision that he made there, how much more is the God of the universe proud of his children when they continue to walk in faith, walk in obedience with him? So really, again, just during this time, I've seen, for our church at least, we've seen so many people, obviously, with the government stuff, have had to, you know, just out of, you know, whatever, the whole you know, mandates of things that we had to shut everything down, right, with the the whole coronavirus. And I tell you, like, I saw people with our church get plucked out of church, and we probably haven't even had a third of our people come back yet, right? And here's what, here's what we've found, here's what I've seen, is that we thought so many people were going to just start flooding back and all oh, people are going to be so over this and whatever and there's obviously there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable with things still right and that's fine but there's a whole lot of people that were in a habit and in a pattern and now got plucked out of that and as a byproduct of it it's out of sight out of mind right and so that's why I just wanted to encourage you guys as a church as a local church here you know what's amazing is that sometimes Within the church, we get so caught up in the wrong things. We get so caught up in kind of trying to maintain or whatever that we forget that there's a whole group of people out there that are dying and going to hell that don't know Jesus. And it's, it's looking at all the neighborhoods around here that are surrounding. If everybody in this community started to go to church, Chris, I was telling Crystal on the way, I was like, there are so many churches like on, on the way to Beaufort Road. But if everybody started to flock to churches, there's still not going to be enough room, right? There's a work to be done. So I, wanted to con- I, w- I just wanted to encourage you guys today to continue to persevere, to be faithful. You know, in times where, um, you know, be faithful with your devotion to Christ. Draw close to Christ. Remain faithful with your finances. Remain faithful with your actions and your example. Remain faithful with your attitude. Just in all things, remain faithful. Because during this time, if you take a a lump of coal and you pull it and remove it from that fire and you isolate that coal, what happens to the coal? It dies out, right? Unless it's in California, like that's a whole nother topic, right? But that that coal begins to subside. That coal begins to go out. That coal begins to get colder. It doesn't, you know, self-ignite and keep going right? It's that, that, that group of coals continues to help that thing continue to to move and continue to burn. Just as a group of believers together continues to help people burn and stay on fire for Jesus. And so what, what are we in a a situation right now? We're in a consumerism type of church now because everything shifted to, it's so easy to visit Bedside Baptist every day, right? And um, it's so easy to just get on and jump online. And there's churches out there, they have millions and millions of dollars in production value that they can get their service in front of your face, right? They know how to do it. They're professionals at doing it. And I think it's great to get the chance to plug in and see some of those churches and hear some of those pastors, but it cannot, it, it doesn't replace the value of a local church and a local fellowship that you can plug into. So man, during this time, please stay faithful. Stay faithful. Be intentional about your walk with Jesus. Because I'll tell you this, with our church, it, it, we're now four to five months in whatever we are into this whole situation. I, I don't, it's not a coincidence that right now in our church, we're dealing with more marital issues. We're dealing with more substance abuse issues. We've got more and more people that are flocking to a Celebrate Recovery and everything. We have a Celebrate Recovery uh, thing at our church. We have more and more people flocking into that. We're dealing with more depression, anxiety, all of those types of things. Now it's, uh, it, I mean, it's so predictable. So man, more than ever, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the course of time, you know, Satan is always tack- uh, Satan's always on the prowl, right? It says that he's a you know a roaring lion. But you know what, Satan doesn't play. Um, he doesn't play fair, right? He's going to attack you sometimes when you're least expecting it. He's going to attack you when you're isolated. He's going to attack you when you're weak. He's going to attack you in areas that maybe you're extra vulnerable in. So when you're isolated from people, when you're isolated from a group of believers, you're extremely vulnerable to an attack from Satan. And so I just wanted to, again, as I've been saying multiple times, you know, I wanted to encourage you again during this time to please stay faithful. Please remain faithful. Please see the power of what this church can do. Because man, I've always said that, you know, with churches sometimes we built a new building. We built that new facility a couple years ago now. It's amazing how everybody gets so caught up in arguing about what the color of the wall is. It's like we're arguing about the color of the wall. Meanwhile, you can throw a a, a baseball and hit somebody's house who's dying and going to hell. You can throw a baseball at somebody's house that's giving up on their marriage next month. Like, man, let's reach out. Let's continue to see why we're here and why Buford Road, you've been put into this community for a purpose and for a reason. And get excited about that. And again, don't ever underestimate just you continuing to remain faithful in your life. Don't ever underestimate what God can do with five loaves and two fishes, right? One little faith offering, and I'll tell you this as I wind down, how long have I been speaking? I haven't paid attention. I hope I'm not going over. So I'm weird on time. I like to be done at like specific times. But um, let me just give you this last little story here. and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll close it down here. Um, one little step of faith, Right? My brother, a lot of times, talks about uh, this lady. So my brother is the, the head pastor of our church and, and everything. And so my brother talks a lot um, in his messages a lot about a lady by the name of Mrs. Melander, right? None of you all know Mrs. Melander. I don't know Mrs. Melander. I never met Mrs. Melander, okay? So Mrs. Melander, way back in the day, did a simple invite to Sunday school to my grandmother one little invite and what happened from that is my grandfather very reluctantly <laughs> went to church that next that next sunday but both of them ended up walking forward and accepting Christ into their life out of one simple invite that then inspired my grandfather a few years later first off that changed our whole family that changed the entire dynamic of our family cuz my grandparents they were They were lost and they weren't, you know, they weren't all about church or any of that kind of stuff at all, right? But my grandparents' lives were radically changed that Sunday morning. And my grandfather was never the same again. And what happened was that inspired him to want to go with a group of people, start Bethlehem Baptist Church years and years and years ago. And that church has led thousands upon thousands of people to Jesus because that church existed. It has sent missionary after missionary. It has supported missionary after missionary all over the world. Well, because of all of that that was established, my brother, when he was young, felt the call to become a pastor and to go into the ministry. And as a byproduct, that that was a, a crazy path that he had to take. He had to walk by faith a little bit for a little while. He was hurt through that process, but God was preparing him something for good. And he started Park Valley Church, and then that church has led thousands upon thousands of people to Christ has supported missionaries, has, support, has sent missionaries, has, is continuing to still do work today. The Bethlehem Baptist Church, like I said, is now called Expectation Church. They're still continuing to do a work today in the Fairfax area. All because of one simple church invite from a neighbor. How amazing is that? I know I'm thankful that that lady reached out to my grandparents. My life was radically changed because of it. But as a, as a byproduct, man, what can God do with you in this time by just remaining faithful, just continuing to show up every week and to continue to, to just be a benefit to this church, to help grow this church and this community? Because, man, there, it is a lost and dying world, and they need the gospel. They need the hope of Jesus. Right? So, if you could bow your head and close your eyes. Just please understand this that, please understand the big picture of what we're pushing towards here. We're pushing towards that whole thing of being with Christ forever. This life that we live is so temporal, it's so short. And you're going to spend a whole lot more time on this side of eternity or on that side of eternity than this side. So, what I wanted to do is, I wanted to just, um, give you guys, anybody today, uh, just the opportunity to accept Christ into their life. Um, it's important to me to always, you know, give people the option to do so. Uh, I'll give you just a quick story on on myself, was that, you know, I've, I've grown up in church. I've been in church before I knew I was in church, and I was five years old. I accepted Christ into my heart at five, right? But I kind of walked this path for a little while where I doubted. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was just something I did because I was little and I didn't understand it really or whatever. And so at the age of 13, I just was like, you know what? I'm so tired of not knowing for sure. You know, we're not promised tomorrow. And so I just wanted to be able to say with confidence that if I were to actually pass away and not make it to tomorrow, that I would know 100% where I would go. And everybody would have thought, oh, Tim's fine. He's been in church all his life, the whole deal. And I just felt like I needed to take that step. At 13, it was like I took the step because it was for me. Right? And so I wanted to encourage you today to make today the day for salvation for you. um, And for any of you guys that are watching online as well, too. um, If you've never taken that step before in your life. Man, your life can be radically changed. The most important decision that you can ever make in your life is getting your heart and your life right and surrendering your life over to an Almighty God. You listen to Pastor Tim White. For more information, visit our website at Buford Road Baptist